0: Welcome to episode 32 of Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer Podcast. I'm Derek Dye. And I'm Jeff Brownson. And together we're drinking our way through this amazing world one pint at a time. Whether you love to travel, you love a cold local beer, or you just can't get enough of either, you're listening to the right podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. Today's episode is the conclusion of our
1: interview with Marty Doherty, owner and head brewer at Beecord Brewing Company in Round Hill, Virginia. Marty takes us through how he decides what to brew, some exciting new
0: things that are happening soon at B-Cord,
1: and we even sneak in a little talk about travel.
0: Before we get to that interview, though, let's take a minute to thank our regular listeners. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. If you haven't already, click that button to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything we have coming down the line. Thanks to Visit Loudon and the Loco Ale Trail for sponsoring this
1: episode. We can't wait to get back out there and explore some more.
0: And now, after a quick word from our sponsor, let's get to the good part. Sit back, relax, crack open your favorite brew, and enjoy our chat with Marty.
2: This episode is brought to you by Visit Loudon, the tourism office for the Loco Ale Trail. With 35 breweries
0: and counting, Loudoun County is one of the most vibrant craft beer destinations in the U.S. Visit Loudoun invites you to hit the Loco Ale Trail, which connects the urban breweries of Sterling and Ashburn in the east to everything from bespoke taprooms and historic towns to farm breweries with stunning Blue Ridge Mountain views out west. Grab your Ale Trail passport to collect stamps, win prizes, and say cheers in Loudoun beer country. For more, check out visitloudon.org.
3: No, I'm yeah. not retired at all yeah. now. This <laughs> is the opposite. I, I learned my it's lesson. Like, this is a young man's job. Yeah, you I keep know. saying retirement. man. Like seems one like day you're I working wanna, very I, hard. I blew my retirement. I want to get it back. And so I have to stay focused on making money. And so, you know, we honestly, we focus making the beers that the market uh, demands. And I often found it, you know, really fascinating over the years to watch the breweries uh, roll out. And in many cases, you know, the the brewery, the beer selection is decided by the brewer. And I find that fascinating because there's always a disconnect, a lot of time, a disconnect between what the brewer wants to make and what the market wants to buy. And so if you if you really want to focus on making money out of this, because if you don't make any money, then none of this matters. Uh, you got to listen to the marketplace. And I think
4: a great example of that was Port City Brewing in Alexandria. They opened, when they opened, they planned to make IPAs and they were going to concentrate on IPAs. And they made their Optimal Wit. And today, until today, whatever, 10 years later, yeah. that is their biggest seller by far.
3: Right. And it's
4: a great right. beer. And I'm happy to have it. But that wasn't originally like they made that. As an extra right. to complement their IPA line, that's so right, that's right. It's, but they saw the success of that, and yeah. clearly you're doing the the same thing where do you get that information though from just from talking to people who come in from getting requests do you pay a lot of attention to reviews do you all,
3: all of the above go out you know go to other breweries um talk with people see what they're see what they're drinking there you know other other ways to, you know the, the brewers themselves talking to the other breweries and other brewers about what they're making and what people are buying you know watching to see like for example which breweries survive and which ones flourish you could you can often tell based on on that alone. I've 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 talked to brewers who are at breweries who refuse to make popular beers, and then the brewery closes. <laughs> so it's like it seems to me like maybe there was a connection there, and. We've talked to some
4: people, one of the brewers we talked to up in Syracuse, he fought long and hard because he didn't want to make any sours, and his brewer finally convinced him to, and now is one of their big sellers. Exactly. He was like, and he was right, and I was wrong. I'm sorry.
3: So you can't let the brewer be in charge of the decision-making about what beers to make. I think that's important. And then once you decide you know, kind of the direction you need to go, and and then you get to let the brewer have the free run of, of doing that.
0: And do you think... On some levels, it's my belief, but I'm, I guess I'm looking for confirmation that I'm correct, which is very rarely true. But Probably think, not going to happen. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Although I was once told on a podcast I'm perfect. That's at least what I took away from it. That also did happen. That
4: was after a lot of beers, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that was that 9 a.m. we started drinking. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. But do you think that this kind of focus on certain styles that's become really popular. We all know what they are these days. Hazy, hazy IPAs are super popular. Everyone seems to be brewing a seltzer and a lot of people are brewing some type of non-alcoholic. Do you think that's somewhat due to breweries are now daily destinations? Families are going there to spend the afternoon. There's a little something for everyone, right? You yeah. you have a drink for the person driving.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's the breweries in general trying to expand, you know, the scope of the of the, of the audience of the people that'll come out. And, you know in the beginning obviously very focused on beer and beer people and people will drag the non-beer people to a brewery because you know they wanted to get to the breweries but as there's more and more breweries and more and more things non-brewery to do you, you need to the breweries are adding all these things just like they're adding music and they're adding other forms of right. you know entertainment to the to the offering so that they can expand the number of people that are interested in coming right. out the next biggest thing is going to be food in, you know, in virginia right now it's still really difficult to do food at a brewery but i think as the as the, the brewery scene matures further in order to expand the scope of the number of people and the kind of people that'll come out to a brewery that'll be the next thing i think we're going to see a big push for real food at breweries
4: that's how we got our kids interested in going to breweries like that sounds like a terrible parent but our kids would when we're traveling i always like to go to small breweries and my wife is happy going to breweries mostly because i like to go to breweries but my kids got to the point a couple of years ago where they were like, if we're gonna have lunch somewhere, we want it to be a brewery because we know there's gonna be a couple, like worst case, we can get a pretzel. Yeah, And they know yeah. there's gonna be food they like, but often there's other foods they like that are, whether it be comfort foods or just basic foods that go with beer that they enjoy. And a place like this, where you have a, a homemade root beer on tap, my kids would be in heaven. They would be like, "Oh, there's <clears> music! <throat> I can get root beer." You might not I want to mention get...
3: the ice cream pods that you could add to that. that yeah,
4: have. ice That's cream. What I asked we for can get pizza. <laughs> oh,
0: I got to go back and get another root beer.
4: <laughs> yeah, when it, when we walked out with these beers, he tasted the root beer and he's like, "And now I
0: want vanilla ice cream." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
4: <laughs> Little did we know you had it back there.
0: <laughs> so tell us, is there? We ask this everywhere. It's not directed solely at you. Is there a beer that B-Cord loves brewing that the customers just don't like?
3: No, not really. We just we don't make that. We, you would, you would know, just stop brewing we it. We would stop brewing yeah. it. Yeah, we, the only thing that we've ever can honestly said that happened with was a, a non-alcoholic beverage. It was a ginger ale. It turns out most people don't realize that ginger ale is pretty spicy, real ginger ale, and no one liked it. And My wife would have liked it. Kids didn't like it at <laughs> all, and we ended up dumping out like a lot of ginger
4: ale. So flip side of that, is there something that you guys brew that the customers love and you have to keep making it because the customers love it, but you don't like it, you can't stand it?
3: Um, not really. I'm mean, uh, Just different styles of beer. I'm not a big uh, light beer drinker, you know, like we've made some golden ales. The Kolsch that we have on right now that we made, it's got a little bit of dry hopping in it, which often is not the case in the Colch. That was,
4: uh, yeah, that was a nice little surprise. Um, that was, I know, just so finished made, that one up.
3: It made it a little bit interesting, but I, I tend not to drink those really, you know, uh, consumer-oriented uh, beers, I call them. You know, like I said, we, we have to make beers for the, the audience that comes here. We have, a, as a... Being on this you know, kind of farm brewery trail, we have a lot of people that come that are not serious beer drinkers and they're trying beer for the first time or they're just expanding their palate for the first time. And so you got to kind of work them into it. And you know, I don't drink a lot of those beers, but we make really good ones
4: and we've kind of another thing we always ask is what's unique about your brewery and why should people come here but i feel like the whole episode has been about that You yeah, guys, yeah. you guys have really taken music to the next level and just the outdoor space and the fact that you can come here and spend an afternoon and listen to music and have yeah. beers and have food and listen to the cicadas obviously yeah i'm a little obsessed with those because they're all over my house
3: you know and there's this crazy theory by the way that you know these tanks that are in there fermenting beer in there the yeast is live and active and you know doing its thing and you know Working away, and when the music is gone, the yeast becomes more active and it's happier. And it's like know, when you play music for plants. It's, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, uh, you know maybe it's crazy, maybe it's not. Maybe the maybe there's better beer as, the, the result, beer. Th- as a result of that yeast listening to music. Because when we used to have the music inside the building, we'd swear by that. You know? I
4: like to think that your your dark beers respond to the bass line, the light <laughs> beers maybe the it, the it, guitar riff. It, you or just <laughs>
3: don't know, right? At the very least, it's a pretty interesting idea.
0: Oh, I can say personally, I've spent a lot of time at breweries over the last 15 years since, you know, craft beer really started booming. I've spent a lot of time at live music venues. I love music. I don't think I've ever, I've never been to, I don't think I've ever heard of a brewery that is also a live music venue with national acts. Again, we're not talking about the guy that plays a guitar from four houses down. We're talking about national recording acts from from nashville and other places that want to show up in western loudon county and play at a brewery
3: that's right have
0: are you aware of any other breweries in the country that are that are doing this model Uh,
3: not 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 really i mean if you go back to the early days of uh devil's backbone they had a small or outdoor music uh theater and they had a couple little music festivals there one that i worked at often in the beginning days, called Festy. Uh, but at, at some point, you know, they stopped ho- hosting the music at the brewery. Uh, but in the early days, they had something like that.
0: Probably when they sold the ABM band. Uh, it
3: was before that.
4: <laughs> Don't sound
0: too bitter about yeah,
4: that. Now, <laughs> and, now, and
3: now, actually, they're doing it at a bit much bigger scale. Now that InBev is there, they've, you know, put a lot of money in, and they are doing uh, big shows at uh, Devil's Backbone now.
0: We have been to the Outpost location. Yeah. Beautiful views, uh, beautiful facility. But yeah, they, they sold their soul to ABM Bev yeah. uh, many years ago. Yeah. Jeff reminds me not to talk bad about ABM Bev because they may want to sponsor our show. But, you know, they sold to ABM Bev. Have I mentioned that?
3: <laughs> sold out, you say?
0: Uh, well,
4: yes. I yes. mean, you said it. Derek did not yeah, say I, it. I did not say that. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you so what have we got uh coming soon you mentioned some acts i don't know if there's musical acts that are coming soon if there are beers that you're brewing that you're really excited about but yeah. as we head into the peak of summer yeah. it becomes nine million degrees in the yeah. the greater dc area in loudon county um what should people look forward to coming out here and having a beer in the grass and, and yeah. enjoying their day
3: uh, Beer-wise or just in general? Because one of the, the things that I think is super exciting that we're in the middle of uh, building right now is a a, a disc golf course. Uh, we'll have a 18-hole disc golf course on. No, the- that absolutely qualifies. Uh,
4: That's super yeah. cool.
3: How about an 18-hole disc, 18-hole disc golf course on the side of the of the Blue Ridge here as we move up our property, and we've, we we are about to break uh, into the clearing, you know, it's not much clearing, I don't want to use that word, uh, opening up of the woods so that we can uh, have our lines through there. It's been designed already. We've had a lot of of support from the Loudon Disc Golf Association, and uh, I think we're going to be the only brewery on the entire East Coast that has a full-on disc golf course. And that's part of your
4: retirement strategy? You're like, I need to take things easy, so... Not only will I have a brewery and a music venue, but we'll also have a disc golf course. And then yeah. who knows what else you're putting on that's, this. Oh, and a farm. Sorry. That's right, right. Well,
3: <laughs> the, like I said, the farming may not be as easy, but the disc golf disc course golf is, on this hilly land will be really nice. Uh,
4: and my parents it, it, got into that for a little while. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they had, like were buying crazy expensive yeah. Discs for the uh, everything is super fast. fancy frisbees. Yeah, I, I hopefully I didn't offend anybody with that, but I just I, I mean they're crazy the way they fly compared right. to right. what I threw as a youth. I'm right.
3: I, 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 you know I'm very careful in making sure I don't use the frisbee word. Uh, I you know train myself disc uh, golf course. It's quite it's quite amazing the professionals really involved in the whole thing and the passion that they have. And what's uh, amazing is how uh, COVID once again affected that as well. Uh, a, a lot more people are out uh, doing disc golf than ever. And it has grown to the point where it's really difficult to get baskets.
0: Is that something that will have different hours than the brewery itself? So you can get maybe people playing golf in the morning yeah. and then hanging out for music and beer in the afternoon. That's
3: right. That's kind of the plan. Yep. I mean, people can still drink beer in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that. I was going to
4: say, if you, right. I mean, you if it's anything like real golf, you're going to need a beer while you drink it. That's
3: potentially judge a free. way to have people in here drink a beer at nine thirty in the morning. Right. So.
4: I like it. I mean, if we had recorded it at nine thirty, you would have had us here, but <laughs> probably not your target
0: customer for yeah. the disc golf.
3: So that's coming. I think that's pretty exciting here at the brewery.
0: Will that be open any time this summer? Or is that yeah? Okay, yeah.
3: We're we're hoping to have that in the next sixty days at most. Like I said, the course is designed, and we're waiting on materials right now. the The baskets are the hardest thing to get. And
0: what about beers? Anything fun and exciting coming out for the summer?
3: Mm, just uh, more collaborations with some of the mu- the artists, musicians that are coming here. Uh, we have a, a double IPA coming as a collaboration. Uh, a, a watermelon saison coming potentially. Uh, that's a good sound
4: in summer beer. Yeah.
3: So, just kind of every other beer we make is, I said, we kind of stay focused with the market. And half the beer we sell here is IPAs. You know, take it or leave it. That's what it is. And so every other brew is a, is an IPA of some kind. So we're, you know we're always trying to mix up the IPA so we don't make the same thing over and over again. At the time of year, you know, right now Hef, the heffies are super popular. make a lot of that. The um, honey wheat that we make, the American style honey wheat, it's been popular from the beginning, and that, that you know has a lot of potential for local ingredients if we can find it, honey, Virginia wheat.
4: So, end of a long day. Whether you're brewing, whether you're setting up baskets for disc golf, whether you're negotiating music contracts,
3: cleaning toilets,
4: cleaning toilets. <laughs> yeah, the glamours, uh of retired life. Um, sure. What is it that you're grabbing? What do you pour to have a drink of at the end of the day?
3: I, I I usually tend to go for the whatever's the freshest beer that we have. I like to enjoy my beer while it's fresh. Uh, my favorite styles are you know you know probably. You know, not super popular with the rest of the brewers. But I like drinking my IPAs. I like IPAs a lot. Uh, Smart you know. man. Yeah, yeah.
4: Right, Jeff? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. thank you.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, if it's a long day, I'll, you know, go for the one with the most happiness in it, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Scotch Ale, you know, right Yeah,
0: that, that 9.8%, I believe. Right. right. A nice there full pour go. of that.
3: Yes, it yep.
4: Makes any day seem that better. That helps you go
3: to
0: bed faster i I would think yeah
4: yeah yeah especially you have a couple of those and hopefully you can walk home you don't have to drive home
0: (laughs) so we touched on this to to transition a little bit we touched on it a little bit about how b chord has changed since the pandemic obviously the outdoor music venue um is is different and that was sort of unplanned before 2020 tell us a little bit about the beer and the brewery side of things how has that changed both during the pandemic and now in 2021, as we move out of the pandemic.
3: Yeah, I think the, probably the, one of the most uh, obvious things was that we became more independent as a, you know, as our own operators. I think we mentioned at some point that, you know, in the beginning days we had uh, Fabio Garcia helping us brew and brewing for us and teaching us how to brew and an amazing brewer who also is a, an amazing teacher and able to communicate and in the brewing business you know a lot of times when you're you know working with brewers they, they just want you to lift bags and they don't really tell you what's going on they don't want to train you but fabio you know taught us a lot and um, we relied on him a lot and you know when the first covet came everybody kind of like had nothing to do we couldn't make beer we didn't have any need to make beer and what were we going to do with the beer we had? And when we finally had a chance to start making beer again, we, we didn't need a lot and there was a lot of money, you know, so we just, you know, just did it ourselves, you know? So, hey, maybe we don't really need, you know, the master brewer like Fabio helping us anymore. And we, So we became independent and that's one of the best things I think that's come out of it because now we've been able to start experimenting and you know, we went from, you know, just using, tried and proven recipes to, you know, making our own beers. And it's funny,
4: we had, you mentioned Fabio. We had listeners of the podcast know we had him as a guest um, a couple months ago. Go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't, because Fabio has had his hand in so many things in the brewing scene in Northern Virginia and Loudoun County specifically. So to know that he had worked here for a couple of years with you guys, I think you said that the root beer that you're serving today is still Fabio's yeah. uh, brewing that's, that's recipe. Right. But right. he's he's a guy that's just always happy to help out and happy to collaborate and happy to bring brewing as a whole to the next level. And you guys were able to take advantage of that and now you've got things going on your own and I, I'm sure you didn't stop talking to Fabio. I'm oh, sure no, there's, still, yeah, yeah. there's still regular communication. It's, I, I think when we're done with this, this circuit of our loudon county episodes we're going to have to try and organize something and get together with all of you guys that we've talked uh, uh, yeah, to and it, you know, it would be a grand day it would be, be a lot of fun yeah. so much knowledge and and so much beer that we could consume as a group that it would it would just be super fun but
3: it's been tough as you know because of covid as a group it's been hard for all anybody to get together much less you know a large group like the brewers we haven't really been able to get together in a while and I'm certainly looking forward to having that happen again.
4: Yeah, maybe we should... That could be a, a special podcast episode this fall where we get all of the brewers in. We'd have to buy some more microphones. That would be
0: epic, though. That would, And uh, and we would need to plan for a lot of sleep the next morning.
4: Yeah, absolutely. But, it, I mean, it, it could be fun. It could be fun. When you look at what's going on with b Corp, do you have any predictions with, I guess, the industry as a whole or the industry in this area of craft beer because we prior to pandemic places were just opening left and right and left and right and there's so many breweries opening up that slowed down a little we do have some that have opened up during the pandemic do you think that that will boom again do you think this was kind of the cutoff? what do you predict in the craft beer industry i, I
3: think it's going to continue to grow i think it's going to continue to grow both in the you know the the um the number of of breweries and it's going to grow in the amount of business that the existing breweries are, are doing and it's going to it's going to grow two ways one is more people coming out because the industry itself is going to grow it's going to be more more exposure and uh, as, it, as the breweries continue to build out these destinations, you know, like we talked about earlier, huge amounts of money being spent on some of these new breweries. And these destinations are built. People are going to start coming out. Uh, I think they're going to, we're also going the breweries themselves are also expanding what, the, what they're, they're offerings. So, you know, seltzers and, and sours. And some of the breweries are partnering with wineries or becoming wineries as well. Uh, and as I mentioned, I think food is, not, you know, is the next big thing that's going to have to have to be on the table. We're going to you know, start to figure out how to do, it. and all that is going to allow the breweries to grow, uh, along with bring more and more people, especially in the in the, the northern part of Virginia, and in places where where destinations are viable because there's the right infrastructure in place. The, there's a large uh, per, you know, large number of people with a, a lot of disposable income. Yeah, huge customer base coming out of right, right outside of DC. There, you know, the area is continuing to grow, and it's just so I I don't see any slowdown at all in the Virginia uh, craft beer scene. I think you know, pretty amazing actually, how many breweries have survived through COVID.
0: At least from our take uh, in the places we visited, uh, Jeff and I visited several western Loudoun County breweries on Saturdays this year and i mean you turn a corner and all of a sudden there's hundreds of cars parked right. in a field right there's right. there's plenty of customers for all the existing breweries plus some
3: that's right that's i mean in, in fact you know one of some of the biggest problems that the breweries are having is the, the amount of traffic that overruns them and one of the things that it's helpful for us when we have these national acts is these ticketed events is also a way for us to kind of control uh the the, the crowds because without these ticketed events, some of the breweries that even though they may just be offering some guy playing, you know, guitar, uh, uh, you know, in the middle of the field, they get overrun uh, because there's so many people coming. And with so, you,
4: you have to have a ticket to come yeah, in, and yeah, you have and to, then, you and know, then once we're what done, the number we're is, yeah. and,
3: and then we're so we're not overrun. But it goes to show you that how how many opportunities still exist, and so when say people are shocked that there's another brewery popping up, I, I say I'm shocked that there's not that you that there's not many more breweries because as long as you can't get into these ones, like you know a couple of our neighbor breweries, we have several breweries within a few miles of here, and on c- certain Saturdays, you know we call each other, can can we send people your way, can and so no anybody three, come in. Know we we don't yeah. have anywhere to send to people i mean
4: i think some of that speaks to you have the the board with the upcoming concerts up next to your bar there and it was just like sold out sold out sold out right. like people right. just want to get out and do things all those people in northern virginia right. who have crazy uh, high pressure jobs on a saturday and sunday they they need a drink <laughs> they need a beer yeah they want to come out here yeah. I, yeah. I mean people like me who are doing a podcast in freelance writing for a living. I don't know if I need a drink I like to have a drink but there are a lot of you know I mean attorneys government workers people who just need to get out and relax on the weekend because it's gonna be right back to the grind and I guess Derek yeah. and and Sarah qualify as attorneys because they are attorneys yeah um, so th- this is probably more essential for them today than it is for me but mm-hmm. at the same time I'll enjoy it with them so beer is essential Yes.
0: Okay. That's my. That's. I mean, we learned that during
4: the pandemic. That was one of the things they were like, "This is essential. Keep doing it." True. Yeah. Okay. You can go and brew your beer. I've learned my lesson for today. Beer is essential, so we're good to go. (laughs) So, at the end of the podcast, we usually like to um, switch gears just a little bit because it is a travel and beer podcast, obviously centered on beer and music today as a surprise. Not really a surprise surprise for the listeners, not so much for us cuz we knew it was coming. But um but we want to talk a little bit about travel and travel for beer, travel not for beer. Are there any spots in the US that you've been to uh I guess other than Loudon County because Loudon County in itself is becoming a beer destination, but are yeah. there spots that you've been to that you're like if you're a craft beer lover you need to travel to these spaces
3: yeah well luckily we're in virginia so that's a you know a destination in itself for i think anybody in you know especially on the east coast you can spend a lot of time uh in virginia richmond uh as an example you know tons of tons tons of time um you got richmond you have
4: williamsburg you have up here in in the wilds of yeah yeah northern virginia and then you have the city just outside dc so much to do in this area
3: that's right i think uh when i had time to travel that's one of the things about having a brewery is you suddenly have no time to travel to any breweries and you're lucky to to get out of your your own brewery at all Uh, but i think denver has got a, a pretty vibrant brewing scene and i've uh, gone to denver several times obviously for beer business and i have uh, i have a fun uh liking to denver
4: uh, for beer business uh great american beer festival or yeah. just yeah. to drink beer B- both and,
3: well that too oh <laughs> uh, and no uh, and to meet breweries and uh you know talk about brewing equipment and different brewing systems in the process of you know trying to figure out what we wanted to brew on
0: all the nerdy stuff around yeah all
3: beer. the nerdy yeah. stuff exactly
0: Which we love. Uh, Again, not trying to make any listeners mad. Jeff and I are also both very nerdy about beer. So Um, that that was not any type of derogatory comment.
4: I'm actually sad I haven't spent more time in Denver drinking beer. And haven't been to the great american beer festival and so many brewers that we talk to or brewery owners that we talk to talk about that festival and i just keep thinking oh, how have i not been to that yeah. i've been to Oktoberfest well, seven times now i think and i have not made it to there's Denver. always next year you
3: know yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah hopefully hopefully it'll be back
4: um any spots uh for beer internationally or no, any no, any international really destinations no, that you've been to that you
3: like, I traveled a lot for business before all this, so the, one of the best things about giving that all up was not traveling. Not traveling. And then, so you're you know, obviously the last...
4: Enjoying the spot here and enjoying the yeah, what no, you've well, built, I, which is, yeah, I mean, fantastic. I know, um,
3: I definitely am not, uh, I think when I'm on vacation, I'm you know, obviously I'm searching out good beer when I'm on vacation, mm-hmm. and I want to go places that have good beer, but I'm not. I'm not focused on beer. I'm on. I'm out of here. It's a, it's a labor of love here. You know, you put your whole life in, all day, every day, day after day after day. So when you get out of here, you know, it's the last thing.
4: Maybe you don't want to think about yeah. it for a little bit.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's funny because before I uh, had my own brewery, I would go to all the local places and drink all the beers, try everybody's beers, everything. Always, you know, always knew everything about the latest whatever. And then, uh, you know, over time you start getting a little burned on beer once in a while, you know, so you start drinking a little something else. And
0: yeah, when you're around at 24-7. Right,
3: you know. So I like to drink a margarita once in a while. I was at the restaurant the other day, and they said, th- there was two different workers there. One had been there from a long time ago and said, um, wow, I've never seen you drink a margarita before. You always just drink beer. And the other worker said, well, that's funny because I've never seen them drink beer here. seen drink a margarita. So there was this obvious transition that happened at some point where, you know, you get out of
4: here... Start, you know, getting beer out a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to pay for someone else's beer when you have your own beer, right? You've already paid
3: right. for. Especially if you think yours is better.
0: Well, that's a that's a different problem
4: to have, <laughs> right? I used to own a, a KFC with my father-in-law, and d- to this day, I can't bring myself to purchase KFC anywhere because it's just <laughs> like that's not something I paid for. Well, it's that's a, right. That's right. I mean, I paid for it in the food costs and stuff, but that's that should be free to me. I should be able to walk in and get it and they don't think that way at other that's what's best not to go in there (laughs) turns out when you don't own one they don't let you just
0: walk in free and get all your chicken for free so last question for the interview as we hopefully you're ending covid and we're getting back to normal are there any and we'll expand the question for you are there any beer festivals or any music festivals that you're really looking forward to hitting in the future
3: well, obviously, we have a bunch of music festivals coming here, so we're, we're very focused on those. Um, we um, I don't know of any beer festivals right now that are yet on the table. Before COVID, we had uh, been approached, and we were wo- actually working on putting together a beer festival at 1 Loudon, Eastern Loudon, and I think hopefully that we'll pick that back up again for next year. Um, the Brewers Association, Loudon Brewers Association, is uh, kind of – had new elections and we're reforming it's also been dormant during covid uh, i think that we're going to look at a beer festival but that also wouldn't be until next year so i don't, I don't see a lot of uh beer festival activity for us we're, we're pretty busy um
0: and you as jeff alluded to earlier for people that are unfamiliar with b chord you essentially have your own music festival every saturday and sunday
3: exactly So. <laughs> right, so. It's hard to leave that.
0: Yeah, you have the brewing side, plus you run basically a, a musical venue. So it's, yeah. it's beer festival, like, music festival, and yeah.
4: soon to be disc golf. Yeah. yeah. Like festival?
0: Three, yeah. Three jobs in retirement? That sounds like a lot of work, like you said. Yeah, a young man's job. A young man's <laughs> job. So as
4: we round out here, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can find b online, social media, all those places, if they want to come, if they want to get tickets to one of your shows, if they want to get your beer.
3: All, all the things you just mentioned that are pretty straightforward. You know, the face, Facebook, uh, Instagram, our website has all that uh, links and all the information uh, easy to find. That's probably the easiest way to find out about us. It's bcordbrewing.com. com. Okay. You know, we, we definitely uh, pay attention to like untapped and we look at people's reviews and we watch, you know, sometimes wonder how our beer is going to be received and we, we watch that. So we encourage people to, you know, utilize that form to communicate with us. And we also, you know, are available by phone and call us. You can reach us on Messenger. Uh, we, you know, we, we're engaged at all those levels.
4: And tickets for the shows are sold primarily, or only through the website at this point?
3: Yeah, we do do we do sell tickets at the gate for most events, but as you mentioned earlier, a lot of these things are sold out. So if you wait, you won't be able to get a so ticket. So if you want to
4: get it, get it early. Yeah. And we'll link up to all of that. You can check out the musical acts that they have coming throughout the summer here uh, in Loudoun County. You can check out the beers they have on tap. Again, highly recommend a visit out here if you're anywhere near here, or if you're coming into the area. It's just a fantastic out in nature with music and beer, and it's everything I love about life put into one place. And I, I props to you for doing just an amazing job nice, putting this thanks. together Appreciate and what, that. what you've built this into. Appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Great, great. thank you. Appreciate. It.
0: And I can say just briefly that having just heard a sound check. Uh, The musical venue itself is world-class, both in the musicians and the sound quality. So if you're unfamiliar with beat chord, you haven't been out here, take a Saturday or Sunday, buy a ticket, head out and drink some beer, stay at a local bed and breakfast or hotel, and enjoy yourself. You'll have a great time. And And look
3: for me, I'll say hello.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Marty, for having us. Have a great day.
1: What a fun conversation with Marty. I honestly, after seeing that place, I have to believe that I'm going to spend many, many afternoon and evenings out there over the next few years listening to music and drinking the great beer there at B-Cord.
0: Absolutely, Jeff, and I mean, it's kind of crazy. I'm sure if uh, us that are D.C. locals uh, had no idea that National Bluegrass and and Country Acts are showing up at B. Cord Brewery on a regular basis, I'm sure most of our listeners didn't know it either. So, really cool spot to go listen to to some great music on weekends, and a great place to grab a cold local beer.
1: But now it's time to get into Miles and Points with Pints. And we're going to start out, actually, we're not going to go all the way into the, the travel and credit cards quite yet, because we want to do a special shout out to the Falling Rock Tap House in Denver, Colorado, which is an institution in beer, has had a great tap list, has been there many, many, many years, and announced this week that they are closing due to loss of income, and they just couldn't make things keep going on due to what's been going on with covid and and the closures and the restrictions so so sad to see them going i have never made it out there but i have heard about it on many occasions have you ever been there derek uh
0: i've been there three times i was really looking forward to going again in uh, the first weekend in august when sarah and i are out in denver for the uh, miles to memories diamond group meetup for anyone that's been there or anyone that's a fan of russian river brewing their their initial claim to fame what put falling rock on the map was They were one of only two locations outside of the state of California that regularly received Pliny the Elder on tap. So uh, in addition to that famous beer, uh, the owner was a great craft beer fan, very knowledgeable, very well known in the craft beer scene. They were instrumental in getting the Great American Beer Festival to Denver and growing it to what it is today, probably the preeminent uh, craft beer festival in the world. Um, So, you know just hate to see it. You hate to see it, uh, closing, uh, not the way they wanted to due to COVID. Uh, you know, I'll really miss the place as will fellow craft beer connoisseurs. So thanks for all your hard work falling rock and let's hope, uh, whatever life brings you, let's hope it's another craft beer bar venture in the future. Yes, obviously best of luck to
1: those folks. And hopefully we'll see something else pop up that can rival what they had going in Denver. And now on to credit cards, and of course our favorite and what we talk about every week because the offer is crazy, and if you don't have it, go get it, and if you're new to listening to the show, listen to us, go get it. If you have questions, send us messages, ask us about it, but the Chase Sapphire Preferred 100,000 point offer, the best offer in travel right now. You have to get that card.
0: I feel like we're a broken record, but is that a Applicable analogy for a podcast, Jeff? Should we be a broken podcast? Like we say the same stuff every week, but it, but it's the same, right? Like it needs to be said. Maybe it's a like a digital hiccup or something. It's not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure how what
1: that's called when it's when it's recorded. We need to, over we need to internet. invent
0: a new term. We need a new term for this. But you're absolutely right. We talk about it every week, but we mention it every single time. It's like the only thing we do repeat because. It goes without saying, if you are eligible, this is by far the best sign-up bonus you can go for right now without affecting your ability to get other cards. So go get that 100,000 point, 100, point on Chase Sapphire Preferred, worth a minimum of $1,250, uh, worth a lot more than that, probably 2500 plus if you transfer it to Partners, uh, and it's only a $95 annual fee, so you come out way ahead. So you can head over to milesandpints.com com for more information on that sign up uh, and to use our affiliate link uh, to give uh, the show a little bit of kickback. Uh, but even if you don't use us and you're eligible, go get it somewhere, please do yourself a favor and get that big bonus. So many points, so many points.
1: Speaking of points, let's move on next to the point debit card, which is a it's a sneaky entrant and it's been around a little while. And it's not one of the big banks and one of the big bonuses and things that we see, but it's a card that keeps on giving a little bit of a kick and keeps on sneaking good bonuses in there. Tell us a little bit about that, Derek.
0: Yeah, we've heard a lot. You know, you and I were in, in New York this week for another similar thing. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. but. All the buzz right now is in fintech, right? We've seen Brex. Uh, we now see this point debit card. And like you say, we don't talk about debit cards a lot because they typically offer um, n- uh, no benefits uh, for using them. But point debit card a little bit different. Uh, it is obviously no hard pull because it's not a credit card. It does not affect your 524 uh, and your ability to get as many Chase cards as they will approve you for. So That's good. That means it's a card for everyone. It does cost $49 per year. Um, I opened it a little over a month ago and as of the end of Amazon Prime Day, I've already made $105 in earnings. Uh, in the first month on only $750 spend. So after you uh, take off that $49 annual fee, I've made a $56 profit. I think that's my quick math, Jeff. I'm terrible at math, so that's why I'm an attorney. Uh, but $56 profit on $750 spend, that's a really, really good return. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the Point Debit Card, they regularly run uh, promotions. Uh, they're constant, actually, for three, to 10x points on spend typically capped at 5,000 points uh, at various retailers. Uh, Amazon's been on there for the last couple of months, Best Buy, Chewy, things like that. Uh, Their points are worth 1 cent each so when you see 5x that means 5% back uh, up to $50. Um, They've been regularly Running these higher promotions, Amazon Prime Day, they did 10x at Amazon, up to $50 back. I took advantage of that. The interesting piece, Jeff, is they're also running these concurrent bonuses called street bonuses. Um, The one in June was spend money with your card for five straight days. They gave you 30 bucks. Uh, the minimum you had to spend over the five days was a total of 100 So I loaded my Amazon account to get 3x during that promotion, $20 at a time. So I got uh, $3 back for doing that and then a $30 bonus. So I loaded 100 bucks to my Amazon account and got $33 back. Uh, that's a pretty dang good return in my book.
1: Yeah, that's not so bad at all. And every now and then we have one of these debit cards that comes around that even though there is an annual fee to have the debit card, it's worth it. And the last one I remember that people really loved was uh, the Delta debit card, and they ended up cutting the earnings on that, and it kind of just fell away and nobody talks about it anymore. I think it actually still exists, but you don't earn anything worth keeping the card for. So nice to see this point debit card coming in and showing up, and... Uh, I don't know. I think I might have to pick one of those up and start getting some cash back like you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. The referral currently is, it says it's $100, 10,000 points after a $1,000 spend, which is still a pretty good return, 10%. But randomly, people are earning 25,000 points, which would be $250. So we'll throw a link up on our credit cards page um, sometime this week. If uh, anyone wants to take advantage of that. And uh, it, uh, like I said, anywhere from 100 to $250 on the referral. But then I, I think, honestly, the the best benefit of the card is these ongoing promotions because you take five or ten minutes of your week and strategize what you're going to do, and it's easy to get a 25 to $50 return every week on minimum spend. So not bad at all. Now, Jeff, as we record this podcast, we are getting very close to the end of quarter two. And for us credit card enthusiasts, end of a quarter means, as we all know, a bunch of these 5x or 5% cards that have rotating quarterly bonus categories are expiring. Those include the Freedom, the Freedom Flex, and the Discover It. Tell us a little bit about those and the reminders everyone needs to think about.
1: Well, first I want to say that these reminders, and it's important to talk about because as you get to the end of the month, people like Derek remind other people that they need to do this because they have their spending done, they've already hit their bonuses, and they want others to take advantage of it. Whereas people like me are now thinking, I'm going to fly home tonight, I still have to do the dining bonuses on all my Amex cards, I still have to do this, I still have to do that. So... I, again, it's the prepared versus the oh no, this is the last five days of the month, I have to get this done. But um, it, it's five x or five percent cash back on, like you said, the Freedom, the Freedom Flex, the Discover it card, up to fifteen hundred per spend. These are quarterly bonuses, so they're a little bit different than the monthly bonus that I was mentioning, but still something that you want to hit and you want to cash out. Uh, definitely make sure you've registered for those. You should register for those at the beginning of every quarter if you have any of those cards, just in case you do some of that spend. But be a Derek, don't be a Jeff. Get your spend done early so you're not scrambling at the end of the month like I'm going to be doing when I get back home these next couple days.
0: The funny part about this, reminder to all of our listeners, is Jeff, I I probably was in five to ten establishments this week that would have counted for your Amex restaurant credits? Why didn't you tell me you hadn't burned? Oh, because I didn't bring the cards with me. It was a conscious
1: decision. I was like, I don't want to take a bunch of cards and have to be shuffling through them in New York. So I didn't bring any of the cards with me so I wouldn't have to
0: worry about it while I was here. Fair enough, fair enough. I got you. So you get to go get some good food. Maybe you can hit a couple of you know, craft beer bars and breweries. Yeah, so this I consciously that you made know it. Code as
1: restaurants. I for consciously MX. made it until the end of the month that I can use these <laughs> things. I I made them push off on purpose because I was traveling, where
0: I always spend at restaurants and places that would count. So, you know. Well, it sounds like Jeff is going to have a very fun weekend this weekend, and luckily, there's one weekend left in the yeah. Month, we'll see so. what we can do. I'll get it done. Last thing we want to talk about with
1: credit cards was the reason we've mentioned a couple of times that we were in New York and the reason we were here, we were invited for the launch party of a brand new rewards program and a brand new MasterCard. And that is called Built Rewards and the Built MasterCard. And it is a, it's, it's a program that is game changing and I've never heard anything like it because there has never been anything like it. But their main claim to fame is you can earn points paying your rent. And no one has done that before. I know no one has done that because they had to go through regulatory approval for many of these things and get permissions to do this. But they've taken it a step farther than that is they're not just earning points and you're going to have this rewards program where the points are useless. But they have made those points transferable to a ton of different places, to Hyatt, to several airlines. It's it's coming in as a contender really for a point earning card, but it's also letting you earn points on your rent. So I've been telling anyone I know who rents, like sign up for this program and then go the step further and get the card. And Derek, I'll let you talk a little bit about the card and how that can enhance and help you to earn more points through this program.
0: Yeah. So uh, as part of the rewards program, uh, if if you don't have the card, you can pay your rent uh, to your landlord for free uh, via your bank account and earn 250 points per month. That could be transferred, as Jeff said, to uh, partners such as Turkish, Hyatt, or American Airlines, three awesome um, partners. And there's many others that are um, as good. Uh, but if you go for the um, MasterCard, the Built Rewards MasterCard, no annual fee card, there's a few ways to really maximize it, but not too much. So I view it sort of like Freedom or a Freedom Flex or Discover It. Essentially, the and Jeff, you can Correct me if you disagree, but we have talked about this a lot this week, and I think we're on the same page. I think the maximum benefit derived from this card is paying $2,000 a month in rent, which would cap out your monthly rent earn, uh, available earn, of a max of 4,000 points on rent. So max that out, and then to get that 2x points, you need to spend $3,500 a month uh, in non-rent charges. So spending $3,500 non-rent charges and $2,000 rent charges would earn you a monthly total of 7,500 points. That could be transferred to Hyatt. If you do that spend, as I outlined, uh, $3,500 non-rent and $2,000 rent, you're effectively making this card a 2.15x Hyatt card. Uh, for those that aren't super familiar, when I say uh, an X card, that would be you're essentially earning 2.15 Hyatt points per dollar spent. Now, Jeff, we all know, us word traveler enthusiasts, we love Hyatt uh, due to the insane value, typically two cents per point or more. But... The best you can do on a UR earning card is 1.5x on everything for non-bonus spend. So bumping that up to 2.15, that's a big difference over one and a half. And you earn 7,500 points
1: per night. So, I, and not per night, sorry. You earn 7,500 points per month. So if you were to earn these points two months in a row, transfer them to Hyatt, you've effectively got yourself a category four certificate. I mean, it's you don't get a certificate, you get the points, so you can use them more flexibly. But that's up to a category four night at a hotel, which is is hugely valuable. We see those like three, four, five hundred dollars
0: a night, right? Yeah, all the time. And
1: that's, I mean, that's what we get excited about as crazy points people. But on the other side of things. If you are a renter and you don't, staying at a Hyatt is not your goal, but you do pay rent, you can use these points for other things. They have an art program where you can, they're going to have special art that is only available to built rewards members to decorate your uh, apartment or your house, wherever you're renting. Probably not the best redemption value. Um, I, I think of that as maybe like the toaster of the points world but if you want to do that you can do that but the other thing that's really groundbreaking here is if you want to save up your points as you're renting you will eventually be able to use those when you buy a home as part of the down payment which is no one has ever done that you've never been able to use points for a down payment for a home so they're helping people as
0: they're renting move on a path towards home ownership, which I think is amazing. And that was one of the really, really cool pieces that you and I got to experience at the launch party on on, uh, Tuesday of this week, Jeff, was the, the process and them explaining the process of, this is not cashing out your points and putting it in a bank account and leaving them there for six months and then floating it into a down payment right? Yeah, You could probably do that now, cash out points, uh, you know, Charles Schwab Platinum, cash out your MRs or do pay yourself back on Chase and kind of backdoor that money into a bank account so you can use it for a down payment. This program from Built Rewards and and the MasterCard, this went through all the federal regulatory stuff and the feds have signed off on this plan. Your points, can be used for a down payment with no anti-money laundering concerns, any of those uh, extra scrutiny. This is approved by the federal um, uh, regulatory system. I'm, I'm assuming assuming probably the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac type things. But this has got the seal of approval and is 100% above board. Yeah,
1: such a cool program. And I, I want to take a quick moment because this has been big news um richard kerr who has been in the points world for a long time at the points guy at award travel 101 most people in this space know him know him well he is actually the director of travel rewards for this company built so he invited many of us up here he got the information out throughout the points community and we've seen some pushback from people because when we put out a new card or new information everyone assumes that we should be able to earn unlimited points and be able to do uh, crazy spending on gift cards and get extra points and just maximize this to the hilt. And we've had people in some groups, uh, I know in Miles to Memories, they had some people that complained that they were mentioning this card because they couldn't use it to earn hundreds of thousands of points a year. And like, this card is not for those people. (laughs) This card is not designed to take advantage of it to make a lot of points it has like i mentioned richard working on the team he knows how we look at things in our points crazy minds so they have you mentioned it's a limit of four thousand points earned on rent each month so that's two thousand dollar rent payment if you're maximizing that 2x so if you pay more rent than that you're not going to earn the double points you're not going to earn more points on rent which is sad if you're paying higher rent but it makes it so that people can't take advantage of the program they've looked at the long term of it and they've looked at how to make it profitable long term for them and they've set up rules and restrictions for that so is it for the person who wants to spend all their time in gas stations and grocery stores and buying visa gift cards and making points and trying to travel first class 70 times a year no this card is not going to help you for that but if you or friends of yours are renters and pay rent, you can earn points with absolutely no fees on your rent. So I don't see why you
0: wouldn't do it. And here's the rebuttal to that argument, Jeff, and I think this has been lost in the discussion. I agree with you. A counterpoint is, I think this card is a great supplemental card for even those folks that love standing in line all day, every day at gas stations, grocery stores, and Walmart. And here's why. Reason, I guess reasonable minds can agree to disagree, but even for those heavy MSers that you know are earning hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of points a month, I think they also need a Freedom, Freedom Flex, Freedom Unlimited in their arsenal as well. And those freedoms are capped at 30,000 points a year. Uh, Freedom Flex capped at 30,000 points a year. I still have all those. I still recommend those, and I still max them out every quarter. Well, this card is similar to that no annual fee card. Except instead of 7,500 points a quarter, it's 7,500 points a month, right? So you can basically do what you do with a Freedom, Freedom Flex, and do it with this card. Yeah, the rewards are a little less, but the overall return, again, I'm terrible at math, I think that would be 85,000 points a year versus 30,000 points a year on the Freedom flex or freedom. So in my mind, my rebuttal argument would be even for those folks. Yeah, it's not your main MS card. You're not going to start funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars through this card, but it's probably worth putting 3,500 bucks a month on it. Plus a rent payment to get it 85,000 points a year. Yeah.
1: And I, I guess I put that a little wrong because your rebuttal really called out what I said incorrectly there. It's not a card that is not for those people it's not for those purposes. Those people, like you said, still like that that. card. Not for those purposes. You're not going to find, I don't know, maybe someone will find a way to break it, but we've been challenged to and we haven't come up with a way yet. So it's a great program for renters. I know I have lots of friends and family who rent. I know most people do. I don't happen to rent, so I'm a little sad I can't earn the points on this. (laughs) But um, I don't. Know. we'll keep an eye on the space. Maybe they'll do something with mortgages in the next uh, year or two, and we'll see what's coming down the line, hopefully.
0: And with that, that's pretty much all the credit card news uh, from this week. If we missed anything, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us online or offline. Uh, we had a busy week up in New York, uh, so we may, have, we may have missed something, so please let us know. Uh, with that, we're going to move over to airlines, and I'm sure – most everyone's already heard, but it's worth mentioning again, American Airlines specifically is in a uh, pilot crunch, Jeff. They are running short of pilots due to a lot of furloughs and things and, and uh, being unable to call back enough pilots quickly enough uh, to solve the problem. They have been canceling hundreds of flights over the last two weeks. It looks like that problem is going to continue through the summer uh, and maybe into early fall. So if you have American Airlines flights booked uh, for, for summer travel, early fall travel, be aware this is a concern. Uh, you may see a lot of flight changes or flight cancellations leading up to your trip. But also, you know in, in the back of your mind, know that the 24 hours prior you could uh, see a, a flight cancellation and you may have to uh, do alternative planning. So always a good reminder. Uh, we'll point it out again. This is when you really take care of your future self by paying taxes on an award flight or the entire cash fare on a card with really good travel insurance for exactly these reasons. So put those taxes on a CSP or a CSR or one of the uh, Amex membership rewards cards so you get that insurance in case your flight is canceled. And this is something that I've been sweating since I
1: started reading about it last week because I waited too long to book a train ticket home and those prices got really expensive. So I'm actually flying on American air from LaGuardia back to DCA today. And I read these things and I was like, oh, they're going to cancel my flight. I know they're going to cancel my flight. And it's still around. It hasn't been canceled. I take off in a couple of hours. When I, As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to head to the airport. So I'm hoping for the best and I'm hoping I'm going to get home. But uh, very sad to see all these people who are getting stranded and having to make other plans. Whenever you travel, whenever you see something like this happening, like you said, make sure you have the protections on the credit card, but have a couple options in mind so that you're ready to make those bookings or make those changes if something happens.
0: And here's a here's a pro tip that I like to do. I think it's very relevant in today's world uh, with airlines now being packed. We'll get more into that in just a minute, but don't do yourself a favor. And unless the price is very different, do not book yourself on the last flight of the day to the airport you're hoping to travel to. You know, if your choices are a 6 p.m. flight with an 8 p.m. flight afterwards or that 8 p.m. flight being the last one of the day, book yourself the 6 o'clock because if that flight is canceled, you still have the backup. If the 8 p.m. is canceled at 7.30, you're stuck at home or at your destination or some waypoint not reaching your re- your destination that evening. You're going to spend the night in an airport hotel and have to fight with the airline for compensation. So um, at least while things are – I always try and do it, but especially while travel is a little bit non-normal. I guess it's permanent IROPs right now, Jeff. Don't book that last flight of the day.
1: Maybe it's going to start becoming irregular for things to go correctly. You know, the term will just switch around and go the other way. (laughs) That would be terrible. I hope I didn't just make that happen by saying it. So I take it back, world. I take it back. We don't want that to happen but that's that's all we have for airlines we kind of racked our brains we looked real quick for the hotels and airlines not a ton going on this week we may have missed some things but as we mentioned we were both in new york from monday through uh derek went home yesterday i'm going home today podcast comes out tomorrow so to give you an idea of our time here We were together for three days in New York and needed to record this segment and we're now recording after your home and we're doing it virtually (laughs) and I'm still in New York. So we didn't have a lot of time to, to think about things that were happening in the hotel and airline world. So if we missed some things, our apologies for that. We'll be a little bit more on the ball next week, but we do want to take a minute to talk about travel and specifically travel to New York City, because as people are starting to get out and starting to travel, everyone's wondering what things are like. And we have firsthand experience. I'm still mid travel, I guess, towards the end, technically, since I'm flying home right after this, but I'm still on the road. And Derek, you were here for a couple of days and we saw some things that were we expected and we saw some things that were odd. And let's, I guess, talk about first, we, t- we both took Amtrak up on separate trains, myself from DC and you went from BWI. And, and I mean, this isn't odd. This isn't because of the pandemic. This is just Amtrak being Amtrak. But I was on the Acela train myself and uh, Spencer from Straight to the Points and his wife, and we were on the Acela train, and you watched us pass as you were waiting to get on your Northeast Regional, and somehow you made it to New York before we did. So, I don't know. We went slowly. There must have been somewhere that you passed us. I don't know. But Derek was like, oh, we're in
0: Newark. I was like, we're not in Newark yet. That's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, the here here was the thing for me, Jeff, about Amtrak. So we booked. Uh, I think we both booked the same day, about two weeks out. We booked our trains. When I booked my train up to New York, I believe the Amtrak counter said the trains were about twenty percent full. I thought, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. You know, people aren't aren't really uh, taking the train. People aren't traveling to New York yet. Wrong. By the time I boarded my train, they said every seat is full, uh, completely full train. Uh, every car. That blew my mind, Jeff. I mean, uh, that was the start of the trip, and I think, (laughs) not to give away our entire talking point here, but that was, um, I guess, the first indication that travel to New York would be basically like it was pre-COVID. Amtrak was 100% full. Uh, We got to New York, stayed at the same hotel, the Hotel 50 Bowery, uh, Hyatt, Joie de Vivre, Uh, in Chinatown. And I I don't know about you, Jeff, but it looked basically at capacity to me.
1: There were definitely a lot of people here coming in and out. And I'll say our Acela train was not at full capacity, but it did get a little more crowded when they lost power in one of the cars, which is what slowed us down. And all those people had no air conditioning, so they came forward into the other cars to join us. So it did get a little more, ended up being a little more crowded, not 100% full but yeah the hyatt has been it it's been like normal travel just seeing people in the lobby and the elevators going in and out i don't know exactly what their capacity is but it seems to be a fully functioning hotel right now uh, no problems with that hyatt at this point is not requiring masks anywhere on their property if you are fully vaccinated so we haven't had to wear masks moving in and out you and i are both vaccinated as are most of the people we're traveling traveling with most people who travel we have found have gotten the vaccinations as soon as possible to try to get places opened up to them to be able to travel but it's been very comfortable here at the hyatt we've done we had an event on the in their rooftop restaurant and bar on Monday night, and we've hung out in their second-floor lounge. I'm actually a big fan of this hotel The location awesome. is great. I've had so many soup dumplings I, like every meal that I could because we're a block and a half from some of the best uh, certainly the best Chinese food in New York If not in the US, but some absolutely great of the the jiao Long Bao, which is my absolute favorite possibly favorite food in the world and I've eaten that for three meals here now in New York, so I I should also mention we're a couple blocks from Little Italy, so we could go grab Italian food too. Uh, but overall, huge fan of this hotel; they've been
0: great to us. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good amen- amenities there. And walking around the city, Jeff, a couple of uh, comments on other pieces of travel. It is the first trip I have taken. Uh, since the pandemic kind of hit the United States, March 2020, where Uber and Lyft was not an issue. Uh, I was, I I think you and I probably took two or three Ubers and Lyfts together. I think in total in my trip, I was in five or six, never more than a five minute wait. Um, Drivers were happy to have us, Uh, were happy to be back driving, happy to be busy again, making money. And uh, it looked like for all intents and purposes, it looked like New York City was back or very close to being back. Yeah, York, and There were some things
1: so. that we would see that were strange. Our our first Uber from Penn Station down to the hotel, I know Spencer and I were thinking it was going to take probably 45 minutes or an hour and it was going to be fairly expensive. It ended up being a little less than a half an hour and it was a very reasonable price, I think 25 or $30. So we actually asked the driver, he said traffic is back to about 70% of what it was in his estimation. So not all the way back, you're not gonna get stuck in as much traffic. But then the next day we did get stuck in pretty bad traffic trying to get to, (laughs) trying to go have a pre-event drink and eventually we just bailed on that and went straight to the event.
0: A shorter trip that day was what, about 40 minutes or so?
1: Yeah, 40 minutes and $40. So yeah, I mean, I guess you never know with, with these ride shares, but like you said, the availability has been there. We have not had to wait. We have not been getting the no cars available messages and the prices have not been ridiculous so that we wanted to do some other form of transportation. The one thing that we did notice that was kind of odd, on Monday night, we wanted to go out to eat after the uh, happy hour event that we had gone to and we walked down to Chinatown and we found that all of the restaurants had closed at nine o'clock. And the friends that were with us who lived in New York just couldn't believe it. They were like, "I have never seen that place closed. I've been there at three o'clock in the morning. I like it." Just blew their minds, and we ended up finally finding one place that was still open. But the main street, Mott Street, um, they, everything was closed up at nine p.m. So New York is not one hundred percent back, but it's mostly back if you're doing things at reasonable times of the day. I think.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fair summation of this uh, of this talking point. New York is not quite there, but it's getting really close and uh, it's definitely you know it's definitely picked up a lot of steam to get back to normal since they lifted restrictions not that long ago. So
1: and everyone that we've talked to here has been excited that things are picking back up, excited that town is getting back to normal and that they can go and do things and places are opening back up. And I would say just the the vibe of New York is the New York vibe. It has not died. People did not all go away. I would highly recommend a trip here because it's it's been a great experience for us over the past few days and with that that's about all we have for this week for the miles and points with pints we had plenty of pints while we were up here in new york plenty 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 of pints i visited a few breweries if you've been following us on social media you would have seen some of the instagram stories for some of the places that i visited i'm going to give a quick shout out to fifth hammer brewing because They were my favorite of the trip, and it was a just gorgeous space over in Long Island City. Great beers. And that's all we've got for you this week. We'll be back next week with some more updates, and hopefully we'll get some more hotel and airline things going on and some more information in there for you. But until then, keep traveling, keep drinking beers, and enjoy your time. Well, we hope you had as much fun listening to Marty as we did talking to him. He has such a passion for music and beer that it's hard not to get excited when sitting down to chat with him. Remember, if you want to come try these beers for yourself or hear one of the amazing musical acts that they bring in, you have to make your way to b Brewing Company in Round Hill, Virginia. If Marty is there, and he probably will be, be sure to say hello.
0: Thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Loudon and the Loco L Trail for helping us get this episode out to you. Loudon County is great to visit, but let us warn you personally, once you see what's there, you will definitely want to come back. All of the important points
1: and links for things that we talked about during our conversation will be in the show notes, so you can pick up anything that you missed the first
0: time through. The easiest place to find those notes is at milesandpints.com. Thanks so much for listening to Miles and Pints, the Travel and Beer podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you can hear all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. Tell your friends and family about us so they can enjoy the show too, and please take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite listening platform.
1: In between episodes, you can catch more Travel and Beer content by following at Miles and Pints on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also stop by our Facebook page at
0: facebook.com slash milesandpints. And that's all we have for this episode. Until next time, we hope you'll find yourselves a little bit of travel, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of fun.